Blog Talk Radio. Your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a certified reconnective healing practitioner, 
sound therapist, and positive psychology practitioner with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams live to you each and every week. Our chat room is open, so feel free to join the discussion. That's probably already going on online. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question or a comment and it is appropriate and pertains to the show, you know, go ahead and post it. We'll do our best to get your question or comment on air. And as an alternative, for those of you who are on the go, you can't continue to listen online, simply call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227, and that way you can listen via phone, or please be sure to use your Bluetooth if you are driving about. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. With Audible.com, you can listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want, and you can get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's www.audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. You know, today's show is a celebration of women, but I have to say, I don't believe it's just for women. I believe men will get a whole lot out of this discussion as well. Men may actually learn how to look at women in their life with a whole new perspective and a new appreciation while gaining perhaps a greater appreciation for all women. So if you're a guy and you're tuned in and you're thinking, oh, I don't know, you know stay on the line. You might learn something. It could, it could behoove you. <laughs> My guests are Liz Callick and Mary Ann Radmacher. Now, Liz is a designer, illustrator, painter, teacher, and writer who lives in a turquoise house near the San Francisco Bay. And Christine Mason Miller features Liz's art and writing in her book, Desire to Inspire, Using Creative Passion to Transform the World. And Liz is also featured in a documentary on working as an independent artist called Indie Kindred. She sells her artwork and jewelry designs at her Etsy shop. You can learn more about her and her art and writing at LizCallickDesigns.com. So that's L-I-Z-K-A-L-L-O-C-H Designs.com. Now, Marianne Radmacher, whose words and art travel the world to homes, hospitals, offices, and schoolrooms, she is the official artist for the William Jefferson Clinton Library, and her work is licensed to such internationally recognized firms as quotable cards and brush dance. Marianne is included in the most recent edition of the Oxford Dictionary of American Quotations. That was very cool, by the way. And CNN, HGTV, Oprah, and The New Yorker, among others, have featured her work as well. She is the co-author of the book, She, A Celebration of Greatness in Every Woman, which is our topic for discussion. You can learn more about Marianne by visiting her website, www.marianne, M-A-R-Y-A-N-N-E, radmacher, R-A-D-M-A-C-H-E-R dot net. So... We have one of the ladies on. We have both of the ladies online, which is great. So we have both of the ladies online right now. And welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you both so much for joining us. How are you being? Very well, thank you. (laughs) This is Marianne. Thanks so much for having us. Oh, uh, I I am thrilled. I absolutely love this book. It is so beautifully illustrated. And the quotes and the stories and the inspirations, I would – refer to it as a tribute to women and and i know that's not just me the praise that you received from so many others is very impressive at the beginning of the book and some of them have also been guests on of energy awareness radio polly campbell uh, bj gallagher and jennifer loudon to name a few so congratulations well done indeed ladies well done thank you (laughs) now this book is based on your poem marianne entitled she that's correct it is indeed that's correct okay 
How did you come to write that, and what was your inspiration for it? I wrote it in a class that I teach, allowing participants to write their living eulogy. So imagining how they want to be remembered way far into the future at the end of their lives. And I'd done this exercise so many times, but in 1997 when I did it, something about the the way the words came out of my pen that particular day, they made me shake and have a real recognition that this truly is the way that I want to live my life. And it's that is it's it's been it's been used at birth ceremonies, at crone mm-hmm. ceremonies. This particular poem has gone literally into the casket with people who have left our world. It's a it's an amazing it's had an amazing journey. That is amazing, and that's a very interesting exercise, too. It is. To write your, your living eulogy and to have that come to you. You know, I believe that things come to you when they're meant to come to you, and, and the timing was probably just right for you to get that poem out of you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, you and Liz are both artists in your own right, and you're both self-employed. So how is it that you came to collaborate on this effort? <laughs> Um, we have worked together in a number of different um, arrangements. Um, I worked for Brush Dance um, for quite a while as the art director, and that was how Marianne and I met. Um, and fast forward quite a few years, and we put out a line of cards together um, through a company called Applied Insight, and, um, and the line is called She. And there were the vintage images that you find in the book that I had hand-colored. And as we were working on the card line, we kept saying, well, this could maybe be something else. And, you know, didn't, because we were working on the card line, didn't spend a whole lot of time thinking about what else it could be. But when we were done and thinking about different ideas, the idea for the book came together. I'm going to let Marianne take over in a sec to tell the rest of the story. But it was... um, it was kind of, you know, when you start with an idea and you just run with it and let it go and let it expand and let it become what it's going to be, that's how the book came to be. And Marianne takes it from here. Well, and it's a perfect example of how setting an intention works because mm-hmm. Liz and I set the intention that this work together would have larger impacts. And that mm-hmm. really, that willingness opens a door. So one day I'm working in my writing room and Brendan Knight, the publisher of Viva Editions, calls with an emergency need on behalf of another author and she asked if I'd write an endorsement and of course I said, yes, when do you mm-hmm. need it? And she needed it five minutes ago and I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I laughed and and she said, well, someday I'm going to be making calls to other authors besides you asking for last-minute endorsements for your book. And I said, how about today? <laughs> <laughs> because I had a pile of she cards sitting right in front of me, and I, it struck me as a perfect opportunity. And she said, well, do you have a project? And I said, yes, let me, let me read you the poem. And I read her the poem and told her about some of the ideas that Liz and I had discussed. And that, as they say, <laughs> is <laughs> the start of a really awesome story. 
It is, and it you both you have. It seems like you have such fun doing this because the book is fun. <laughs> so glad you think it's fun. <laughs> I do. It, it was meant to be correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we we laugh a lot. It comes naturally to both of us. And the book the book's not only meant to be fun; it's meant to be personal and inspiring and engaging, and have sweet moments of irony and recognition so that anyone, a man or a woman, opening the pages of the book, she will find something that they resonate with. Yeah. I agree. As you go through it, and I read it specifically, you know, for the show, but as, and I will go through it again because I really like some of the things that I read and some of the quotes, and you resonate with certain things and things that are said. And it also triggers memories and inspirations and how to, how to do things and get yourself going, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I found it to be. So for me, it wasn't just something to read and say, well, isn't that nice, you know, that these people did this. It's also something that would allow other women to recognize, acknowledge, and really find their own greatness. You know, I found it to be that way. So kudos to both of you for making the collaboration process work so very well for all of us. At least that's how I found it to be. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, you're quite welcome. You know, you have so many strong, powerful, uh, very accomplished women who have made a huge impact in the evolution of women, and you've quoted some of the true greats in she. However, did you choose those, how did you choose those that you did? Was there a criteria or a specific impact you were looking for? That had to be a very difficult process. I think there were, there were a couple of different levels because we have um, both quotes from very well-known women um, and we also have contributions um, in each quality from a specific woman. Um, and the, the contributions that are kind of the larger paragraph that you can find on the third page of each, of each section of the book We specifically asked women that we are friends with, women that we know, um, women that we have worked with, women that we have admired from afar um, to contribute to a specific quality um, because we felt that they would be, um, for lack of a better word, uh, the best spokeswoman for whatever the quality. So in the case of um, She Has a Voice, um, we have um, Jen Lee, who is a personal friend of mine and also a collaborator, who is a writer, and most of her work and expression is spent um, not only helping other people find their voice so that they can tell their stories, but her searching for hers as well. And so that that was kind of the criteria with the contributors that was just like – it. The process was was really fun. Marianne and I spent a lot of time on the phone talking about, oh, wouldn't she be great? And oh, maybe she'll say yes. And through throughout the, the all 25 qualities, um, and then the the shorter one line quotes were um, very just really carefully and thoughtfully chosen to um, support and um, enhance each of the qualities as well. It's, it's really interesting because a lot of times people write books specifically only to use people that are very well known. 
and <laughs> figuring that will be the draw to buy the book. But it's, and you know, it's not that um, people are very well known for certain things, but they're not all very well known for necessarily being profound and saying something that's going to be great or, or anything like that. There are a lot of people who are just normal, everyday people who have a lot of greatness, who have profound things to say, who really can make an impact. And it's not recognized often enough because if you consider what your words and deeds, how they impact one person and then how that impacts another person and it goes on and on and on, there is greatness in that alone. And it isn't necessarily something that's put out there for the general public and to be viewed by, you know, everyone in the world. So yeah. it's really kind of neat that there are people in here who are not well-known but have really very important and wonderful things to say. Mm-hmm. I, I like the fact that you did that. Our intrepid traveler is a woman named Gina Bermucci who worked on behalf of human rights throughout the countries of Africa. And... She, she one day was writing me, very worried about me because I was a volunteer teacher in a medium security prison. And she was asked, she was inquiring in an email from Uganda, how do you guarantee your safety? Aren't you concerned walking into that level of a prison? And, and I'm, I'm just laughing because she's on the other side of the world uh, avoiding landmines as she travels yeah. between villages, but that's that's just part of her travel. <laughs> that's just what she faces on an ordinary day. And she was saying to me, "I can't imagine being able to do what you do." And here she is, uh, a heroine to me, traveling and speaking on behalf of people who have lost their voice. And of course, we wanted to include her even though she's not a famous personality. That, that story, she has, she has a profound voice, and we were honored to give it place in our book. And I think that's great because one of, the, one of the quotes in your book by Laura Schlesinger is, the people and circumstances around me do not make me what I am. They reveal who I am. And so she's living this ordinary day, thinking, well, all I'm doing is avoiding landmines, but you're in a prison. <laughs> and she's thinking so differently, and it's just because we know what we know. You know, we, we, you can get accustomed to anything. And obviously she's good at missing the lines, you know, <laughs> but she doesn't realize that you're going into a prison, and they're pretty much behind bars. It's not like they're wreaking havoc, I wouldn't think, running around loose. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do what either one of you are doing, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that quote from Laura Schlesinger is very appropriate because we are revealed who we are by the people and circumstances around us. And it, 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 they don't make us who we are. And I loved reading that. I thought, oh, yeah, that's so true. You know, and, and that, this seems to fit well in the story that you just told. Do you agree? I agree. Do you agree, Liz? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Now, the women in your book actually run the gamut from people like, uh, you know, Madeline Albright and Oprah to, to Harper Lee and Lucille Ball. Okay, Lucille Ball. <laughs> right? So everybody's thinking, oh, yeah, the crazy redhead, she's funny, you know, and all that. But then you look at, you know, Madeline Albright and you think, okay, that's really not like a Lucille Ball type of personality. <laughs> so what, what's the common denominator or the underlying quality that these, the, the common thread that runs through all these women? 
There is a commonality, I think, in, in number one, in terms of where um, we chose to put them in terms of each quality, I think. Mm-hmm. And there is also, a, a, so, so that's the kind of um, the inner circle, if you will. And, and, and the thing, just to take a cue from the quote that you were referencing from Laura Schlesinger, um, there's, there's that beautiful outward ripple of of um you know on a on the top of a pond and it everything ends up touching each other so i think i i as we were putting the book together i thought a lot about you know because we were working a quality at a time and putting each section together with the words and the color palette and the artwork and the patterns for the backgrounds and um, and so it was its own entity, and yet it is a ripple. And so I think that as they came together, they all end up overlapping. So, you know, to have Lucille Ball um, and her wisdom um, about what she knew and her place in the world and her experience of it, and someone like Madeleine Albright um, and her experience of the world, I would imagine, as we find oftentimes when, when talking to one another, that um, we may come from very different backgrounds, but our experiences um, mm-hmm. and the lessons we've learned from the experiences are often very similar. And interestingly yep. enough, on the surface, it's very tempting to think that Secretary Albright and Lucille Ball were so very different. But And, <laughs> yes, of course they were. They lived in different times. They had completely different jobs. But I call to mind Lucille Ball's well-known quote i'm not funny what i am is brave mm-hmm. and ironically <laughs> we think of secretary albright all for four feet and in so many inches of her walking into foreign countries and negotiating treaties she might say i'm not brave what i am is funny mm-hmm. I, ironically she has a fabulous sense of humor that that very few people really connect with because they are busy thinking of her as brave. And this is how it is when we create this tribute and honor the qualities of women. We, We have so many different aspects and attributes and ways of being in the world that cannot be singularly defined. And we're all basically the same, and and I think this brings to mind for me that, you know, sometimes women can get catty, even bitchy, you know, and that's not nice, and it's like, why can't we all just stick together and realize, cut the other person some slack, you don't know their story, you don't know their background, you don't know where they're coming from, and this is true of all people, it's not just women, but men, children, whatever, but, you know, when it comes to women, we do have a, a certain, like, sisterhood and every one of us has been through something. And you're entitled to your feelings and how they hit you. And I know, for instance, I had a friend whose husband passed away, and I was going through some stuff on my own, and I was like, I can't tell her anything because, oh, my God, she just lost her husband. That's God awful. And then when she found out, she was like, why didn't you tell me? I said, you were going through enough. And she said, well, that's not fair. You're entitled to your feelings. And I said, I know, but it wasn't as bad as what you were going through. And she said, it was to you, and this was to me. And that's when I understood, yeah, she's right, and it's okay. And that's really being a friend to someone because you both need to be there for each other no matter what. You're allowed to feel what you're allowed to feel and really help each other and in that way bring each other back up. But sometimes women don't do that. They just get kind of 
competitive and, and nasty, and that's just the, the bad side. You know, I don't like seeing that. This book kind of shows you that people from different areas, times in history, they were all the same. And everybody, regardless of wealth or, you know, society stature, it doesn't matter. We're all the same. We all have the same issues. It just hits us in a different way. And I think that in the book comes through so that people can learn from it. it was, is that something that you think is in the book, or am I just, like, really reading into something? <laughs> I tend to go deep. <laughs> so do we. Yeah, Okay. Do. It's there. It's there. It's absolutely okay. there. And it, yeah. our effort to underscore the essential nature of collaboration, of supporting each other, which is not to say Liz, neither, neither of us are, would advocate that women shouldn't compete. We, right. we are each individually very competitive, both against our own levels of performance and in the fields in which we operate. We uh, wanted to present a, a picture of women who compete with ease and grace and exactly. compare themselves only to themselves, not right. to others. Right. And, to step, and to step into whatever, whatever the situation is, knowing that I think that there's a, there's a way of competing where you also have forefront in your mind the thought there is enough for all of us so we're not competing over the last scrap of food there's you know there's it, like for instance with me if i'm putting art into a show and it's juried and and so there'll be a lot of other art there um, I sure hope that my piece gets chosen, but I know that if it doesn't, it will go to another show that's better fitting. And so I think that when we take that competition with a grain of salt and also so just keep close to our heart, like there really is enough for me and for her and for her and for you, then it, it, it changes the dynamic. I couldn't agree with you more, and I'm so glad you brought that up and said that because so many people are competitive to the point where it is the last scrap of food, and that's <laughs> not competition. That's, that's just being greedy. There's a huge and, difference and it's between ba- it's, the two. It's battle. Yeah. yeah. That's not competition. Yeah. That's, that's battle. And that's what a huge, war, yeah. Mm-hmm. What a huge, what a huge difference. difference that is. Absolutely it is. And, you know, it's funny. The other day uh, I was watching some – some show on TV and they were having a cooking competition and there were three women, a very young woman, a woman who was probably 10 years older and then somebody who was probably 30 years older than her. And the 30, the woman who was the oldest was just brought into the competition because whoever was supposed to do it couldn't make it. So they sent a plane for her, brought her over, put her on the show. She was very, very nervous when she was presenting, very nervous. And she said at the end when the three, they were going to call the winner, she said, you know, I knew I blew it because I was so nervous. I've been in so many competitions. I have cookbooks. I have done a lot of things and I've won a lot of things, but I knew I wasn't going to win. And she said, when I found out I didn't win, it's okay because I'll go back and do the venues that I know how to do that I win, and that's fine with me. And I thought, good for her. You know, I like that woman because she's fighting fair. And I don't like to use the word fighting, but she's competing fair. And when you compete fair, you get more, as do the other competitors. But when you do that, battle war thing everybody loses yeah absolutely you are so right yeah i I just you know now in general there are still 
very distinct lines in gender preference. However, as I stated during the intro to the show, I do think that although this book is entitled She and it is focusing on women as role models, I really believe men would perhaps gain a new appreciation for, as I said in the intro, not just the women in their lives, but all women. Do you agree with that? We have seen face-to-face proof that men not only gain an appreciation for the women in their lives, but they have a deeper understanding and appreciation for certain qualities in themselves that might, might be described as the divine feminine. As, hum, as humans, we all, there's a, there's a pool of qualities from which we all draw, and hospitality is not singularly available for women. In fact, Liz's husband, Rob, is one of the most hospitable gentlemen that I know. And he demonstrates that characteristic of open welcome and uh, hospitality in a way that's very engaging and, and kind. So men, men will benefit tremendously from opening the pages of She. Mm-hmm. I think so. I got an email from someone who said, so tonight's show is just for women, right? And I said, no. No, tune in. You could learn something. <laughs> it's like just the fact that I got the email was like, no, you need this. <laughs> now, if he's listening, I'm sure I'll get another email. <laughs> Say hello for And that's us. okay. I will. And he probably will have learned something. It's like, no, you need this. If you're asking that question, then you actually need to listen to this show. <laughs> I just thought that was amusing. Oh. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, many of which we have discussed on this show with guests including The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, The Courage to Be Free by Guy Finley, A Message of Hope from the Angels by Lorna Byrne, and of course, Dr. Bernie Siegel, who has been here numerous times. All you have to do is search for his name, and you will see a number of his books on audible.com. There are so very many books available from so many different authors. The best part is you can listen to audiobooks on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our URL, which is audibletrial.com slash energyawareness, you get one free audiobook along with a one-month trial of the service. So go ahead and write that down, www.audibletrial.com slash energyawareness to find any books that may be of interest to you. You know, we really appreciate all of our listeners and we're so grateful for your support. So please remember the site is www.audibletrial.com slash energyawareness and you can get your free book and free trial. Oh, well, now, one of the, um, let's see, you opted to write the main content of the book in the form of a letter, which I thought was really, really cool. Why did you decide to do that? <laughs> Marianne? I love <laughs> writing letters. I have loved mail since I was a child. The, our childhood home had a wrought iron outside mail slot that dropped the mail down in, and there was a little wrought iron door that you opened up, and boom, there's mail magically from points all over the world delivered to my door. I was enchanted. And when I actually received letters from people, I, it really did strike a chord within me that, that there's, there's some kind of magic involved in this. <laughs> and it's quite a few years later, and I still feel that same way about letters. And the, the form in the book I call love letters. They, they are 
loving letters written to the manifestation of that quality embodied in the women that we have chosen. I found them to be written to me. <laughs> Yay! And, I'm, Yay! and I think all readers would. It's like, oh, all these letters are for me. And I, too, love letters. As a matter of fact, uh, I um, head up a wellness committee for my local change bureau of commerce, and we have a challenge this year. It's a gratitude challenge. You have to write one thank you letter a month, one a week, one every two weeks, or one a day. And you pay for that privilege. <laughs> and people are like, why do we have to pay to do that? And I said, because at the end of the year, we will draw our name, and somebody will win a pamper, a self-pamper, self-care pampering type of basket with all kinds of things in it, but we're raising money for the scholarship fund for someone, some person to go to school in the um, field of wellness, health and wellness, something like that. So people were very interested in it and they thought, well, who would do this? And I said, I've already done it. And this year is my year to write one one a day. And it's not easy all the time to think of a thank you note to write every day, but you have to hand write it and you can't email it. You can't just say the words. Even if it's if you go in a store and you say to someone, you know, oh, thank you, and you walk out and you write in your car a post-it note and put thanks a lot, you made my day, and bring it back and give it to them, that would count. And I just think letters, because you Love put that. so much energy into it. Yeah, you put energy into it. And it's when you put the energy into it that you really – it means more. And so when I get a handwritten letter from somebody, I cherish it. I, those are keepers. I keep those. When authors send me books that they have signed, those are like, oh, no, you're not, you can't borrow this. You go buy it. <laughs> you're not borrowing my book. It's signed. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I just really um, – so I really love the fact that those letters were written specifically to me and, um, you know, and probably to everybody else if they feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite? Oh, my gosh. Hmm. Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, oh, which yeah, oh, I, I wrote this down. Yes, oh, you know, the magic one, the magic one, the magic one, oh. the magic, the magic. Because that's what it's called. I remember it's about magic. I, as I said, I'm 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 going to apologize because I read the book for the show, so I need to read it again to really take it in more. But I knew I loved it. But the one about magic. Yeah. Well, may I tell you a little bit about that magical she? Yes, go ahead. I like her. <laughs> Oh, you would. You would like her. And I'm so eager for Liz to meet her face-to-face. Her name is Kathleen Gallagher Everett, and she is, she's a contra dancer. And everything about her life is the, toward the goal of bringing beauty to each simple thing that she does or each complex thing. It doesn't really matter. And in a house she lived in one time, she was working as a charge nurse, and she had no time to maintain the yard. But she didn't want it to be messy, so she planted the front and the back of her yard fully, every, every square inch, with flowers. And one day she was coming out of her house through this huge, blossoming garden of color, and she was dressed in a uh, in some sort of twirly outfit and she heard a 4-year-old child say to her mother see mama i told you a fairy lived there <laughs> oh my goodness everything she does is a little bit of magic i think i liked it because i live in a neighborhood where you know everybody has these nice lawns and everything and, and I, I mean, I take care of mine. I did all the planting and everything, and I take care of it. And people actually have asked. We have a lot of deer and brown bear, black bears 
and a lot of rabbits and gophers and all kinds of animals here. And I feed mine. And I've also told them, you know, the front yard is for me, the backyard is for you, so please go <laughs> in the backyard. <laughs> and they do. And the deer, the babies, in the spring I'll say, I know you're new here and your mother hasn't told you yet, but you need to go into the backyard. That's where you belong. And they'll look at me. I can literally walk up to them and almost touch them. And then they'll run away and I'll say, backyard, backyard. So people ask me, how come the animals don't eat anything in your front yard? And I say, because I ask them not to. And they're like, okay, that's the crazy lady that lives in the house. So, you know, I mean, but I've you heard everything them, from... But you ask them nicely. Well, see, now I'm glad you said that because someone said to me, I'm always yelling at the gophers. And I said, oh, you can't yell at them. That's like yelling at a child. If you yell at a child, they're going to continue to do it because they like seeing you go crazy. All you have to do is sit down and say to them, you know, you really can't do this. And they're like, okay, T, that's fine. Sure, whatever. You know, okay, Mrs. Doolittle. I mean, I've heard it all. <laughs> so my, feel, my feeling is when I go out and plant, I know what plants supposedly Rutgers University puts out that deer don't eat. But the deer... You know, they're not privy to the list, so they'll try anything. <laughs> and if you have one deer eating, you know, that tries one of your plants and doesn't like it, that's fine. But I had a herd of about 30. Well, they each have to try it. Well, you didn't like it, but maybe I will. Well, now the plant is gone. So the thing to do is to put up plants that, you know, like herbs around them that they don't like and then leave the clover underneath that the rabbits like and the gophers like, and then everybody's happy, including me, and the yard looks great. It's not hard, you know, but then you just have to say to them, please don't do that. <laughs> and my husband is always saying, I can't believe they listen to you. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know. <laughs> take, try this, T. Take note. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, there you go. <laughs> take note, my dear. <laughs> Two words. <laughs> take note. <laughs> You're next. <laughs> Yeah, I want to ask you, was there any one of these in particular that struck, both of you individually, that struck you more than the others or that stood out and really wowed you? Yes, and I say that with with a little bit of hesitance, not so much hesitance, I can't think of the other word, but they rotate for me. I think when we were putting the book together, um, the the quality of purpose, purposeful risk taker was my absolute favorite. I loved the art. It's the kind of carnival woman swinging in, and um, and the piece that Marianne wrote for it, which um, at at the time we were putting the book together was my favorite. But they really rotate, and I think um, I pulled my copy of She off the shelf before. Um, actually earlier this morning and was thinking, which one is my favorite now? And I keep coming back to She is Nurturing. Um, I know that I find for myself when I'm looking through this book, and, and, and it, was, it, it was kind of with some sweetness because I haven't actually looked at the physical book and turned pages and looked at pictures in probably a little, maybe almost a month now. And, mm-hmm. and up until, up until the, today... I had looked at it almost every day because we were much more engaged with it. We were traveling with it. And so I've you know, moved on to some other projects. So when I opened it again this morning, it was like, oh, I love this book. Mm. <laughs> um, and definitely am called to, to She is Nurturing. Um, the woman who was our contributor for that one is um, 
a friend of Mary Ann's. I do not know her, but the piece that she wrote, that she wrote um, just the, I come back to over and over again, um, and largely because of the very first line, and I'm just going to read it. Every mm-hmm. day I am aware that I do not walk alone. Oh, and yeah. And and the whole piece is beautiful, but it's that it's that first line, and to remember that nurturing is not about just what we give to others, but what we are willing to give to ourselves too, and not just the leftover bits, you know, but to engage with ourselves as we would for any dear friend or sister or mother or, you know, just any of our loved ones. Yeah. It's perfect. You would quote her, Liz, because that's by Glynis Redmond, the performance poet, and today is her birthday this very day. Oh, and happy birthday. Glynis, and Glynis shows up in schoolrooms and boardrooms. Mm. She teaches in prisons. She goes anywhere that people are willing to engage with poetry and word. And she mm. has a shirt that has, so acro- emblazoned across her chest are the names of her ancestors. Oh, how the cool people, is that? The people who have come before her, she wears them, literally, on her clothing, and talks about them, and that is what she means when she says she's aware she's not alone, because all wow. of the strength and the sacrifice and the investment that all her ancestors made before her have allowed her to stand where she stands. That is living in gratitude. Yeah. Total gratitude. Yeah. That's crazy good. Wow. It is. What about you, Marianne? What's your favorite? Willingness or is my willingness. The quality of willingness uh time and again comes back to being my favorite, although obviously like as Liz points out, <laughs> we love everything about this book. So it's like as it's asking a mother with 25 children yeah, which, which one is your, yeah which, which, I know which it is wasn't fair I know I, I knew it wasn't a fair <laughs> question but I, <laughs> but I had to say and anything wow you but <laughs> let me tell you why it's my favorite mm-hmm. because willingness wears many different faces and I love I love that attitude. I have recently had to come forward in a very public way because I've been dealing with some serious copyright infringement issues and an individual who's representing <laughs> who's representing my work without my permission. And these are difficult issues, especially mm. for a person whose entire career is considered inspirational and positive. Right. So how does a willing spirit walk forward into the world and deal with such dastardly deeds as that which I as those which I've just named. Willingness recognizes that that it can say both yes and enough now <laughs> let's mm-hmm. stop let's stop this now. And willingness is present in both of those actions and everything that happens in between. And we mistakenly assume that willingness always means saying yes, when in fact the most, one of the most powerful elements of being willing is the ability to say no. That's in here. Somebody says, oh, I can't remember who it was. It says <laughs> one of the things is to say no thank you. Who was that? 
I remember reading it. Oh, no. It might have been I'm me. I'm blowing my interview. It might have been you. I'm blowing my interview. Man, that was good, but not good on my part. Um, now, I'm going to go back to Liz for a second. When you mentioned, you know, that they rotate, the ones that you choose uh, rotate, that, mm-hmm. that brings to mind she is a model of balance because – that everything changes. Your idea of balance changes every day. So the idea of this rotating, that's part of it, you know, because we have, we're supposed to live in balance. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like if you're um, an extreme whatever, you're not living in balance. I don't care if you're an extreme athlete or if you're an extreme um, vegan. You're not living in balance if you're doing that because there's something missing. There has to be balance. And the fact that yours rotate, and, and you too, Marianne, you said, well, yours do as well. That's very interesting to me because, of course, it would, depending on how the day presents itself. Each day presents itself differently, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's just, oh, wow. I just, and I think, too, like you were saying, you know, when when, every, when anything is taken to the extreme, then um, there there isn't, there isn't a true representation of who we are because, I mean, we all know we're multifaceted at our skills, at our knowledge, at our experiences, at our likes, at our dislikes. There's, you know, you can like like something one day, and I'm, I'm thinking of my niece and nephew who were just here not too long ago visiting who, you know, my brother was saying last week they liked broccoli and now they don't anymore. It, so... <laughs> You know, we change from moment to moment, and sometimes we eat our broccoli and sometimes we don't. And, nice. um, and sometimes we're balanced and sometimes we're delusional in thinking that we're feeling, having a feeling of balance. Um, balance is very elusive, but um, I think all of these qualities are things, um, I'm not going to say that, you know, we, we feel all 25 and then some in, in the same moment, but we go through our days and, and there's a seesaw of up and down and like and dislike and want and need and don't want. And when we're being really honest with ourselves, that's, um, and, 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 and accepting that, that's so, for me, that's so much of who we are, that's so much of what our humanity is to say, oh, yesterday I didn't like pink, today I do, whatever, and, and not have it not have any of the these things totally and completely define us. Absolutely. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it, that just states it all. It, because we do do, and one thing that we do that we shouldn't do, or, and I hate that word, shouldn't, but one thing that we sometimes <laughs> do is, you know, we, cut, we don't cut ourselves enough slack. If we can't, and this is mentioned in your introduction, if you don't try something and immediately it works, if you try something and immediately it doesn't work, oh, I'm no good at this, I can't do it. You know, don't give up. Don't give up. Be, it, nothing is – some things come easily to us, and, and we can get it and we want to move on. But just because something's a little bit difficult doesn't mean that you cannot do it or it's not meant for you to do. And there is strength there in that, you know. And, I, I yeah, I think that's very um, – that was in your introduction. I know that, Marianne. You and Liz both. <laughs> <laughs> that I yeah, remember that. reading in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that brings in the, the aspect of practice. I think that, you know, the way our lives today move so fast with, you know, tweeting and Facebooking and oh. keeping all of our quote-unquote fans up to date with the work we're doing in our families and our, and our my, I mean, seriously, my 984 friends on Facebook. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, 
and I'll and, 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 the card. <laughs> <laughs> and and we forget that uh, we've forgotten that practice is is such a big component of moving forth and creating and and I use the word creating in a in 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 its very large sense not just you know artistic creations but anything that we create and the the practice that goes before all of that that no one sees that we're so impatient these days to get through and the practice is where is where so much of the magic happens and once you're through that practice phase and you're on to actually doing it, it, it often becomes rote. It becomes a habit. It becomes. Um, it can become tiresome. But the practice, mm-hmm. which which we're working so hard to avoid, and I know because I do this myself, and I talk to so many friends who are of the same mind. The practice is where the magic is, where we make mistakes, where we fall down, where we screw it up, where oh God, I thought that was going to be beautiful, and it's so hideous. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's where the magic is. And we're that's always keep trying to keep it at arm's length. Like, I need to come out of the gate looking perfect, like looking like I know everything. And we don't. We just don't. And I'm delighted that I actually have a reputation in our larger community as, <laughs> as perfectly imperfect. <laughs> I, I teach people that what is commonly held as failure I like to call practice (laughs) and I am proud and and delighted to show people what makes some people cringe (laughs) because it looks like a failure and in fact is practice and I'm showing my work Mm -hmm. on my way to being more elegant (laughs) but I but I rarely start out elegant None of us do. We all we're no. all works in progress. You know, we're all works in progress and doing the best we can. And that's what I mean by cutting people slack and saying, hey, you know, they're doing better than I because I wouldn't even attempt that, you know, <laughs> or something like that. I have to say, your book, the the everything in it from the artwork, which is exquisite. I mean, this is a gift book. This is a book to buy someone for someone you know, buy it for yourself, buy it for your female friends, buy it for your male friends, give it as a gift of birthday. Holidays are up and coming. Get it now just because you're celebrating women. I know March is Celebration of Women Month or March 8th is Celebration of Women Day or something. There's so much that we can do to help uplift each other. And this is one of the things by getting this book. And I'd like to, we're getting toward the top of the hour. Marianne, would you mind if I read the poem on air? Oh, I'd be honored. Oh, because I just love the poem. So here we go. This is She by Marianne Radmacher, and you wrote it in 1997. I did. She dances. She sings. She takes. She gives. She serves. She loves. She creates. She is fierce. She dissents. She enlivens. She sees. She grows. She sweats. She changes. She learns. She laughs. She sheds her skin. She bleeds on the pages of her days. She walks through walls. She lives with intention. I just think that's beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. It's a beautiful poem. And uh, before we sign off, it would be great if you could both, first I need to thank you so much for joining us here on Energy Awareness Radio, but if you would both you take a turn and tell people how they can learn more about you and where they can purchase your book. Um, you can purchase our book at any um, 
well, you can purchase it on Amazon, but you can also purchase it at many local of your local bookstores. If it is not in stock, ask your local bookstore owner or manager to order it for you, and it'll get there in probably two days, if not one day. Um, we're really um, Marianne and I did a book tour earlier this year in the Bay Area and the Pacific Northwest, and were welcomed into so many small local bookstores that um, really are amazing places. And um, we're really wanting to give some energy back to all of the all of those bookstore owners and managers that welcomed us and remind people to go to your local bookstore, hang out, and open books and look at them, order one that's not on the shelf like she. And mm-hmm. um, it's, they're, they're still there. They're still on, in your downtown neighborhood. Um, so those are some of the places you can get our book. And um, you can find me at my website, which is LizCallickDesigns.com. It's L-I-Z-K-A-L-L-O-C-H Designs.com. My website is MarianneRodmacher.net, and you can find me on Facebook at Mary Ann Rodmacher. That's Ann with an E. And if you come to a Facebook page that features a watercolored portrait of me, that's that's not where I dwell. So <laughs> keep looking, keep looking for something that's wild and colorful, and um, and you'll find my actual authorized Facebook page. And Liz and I both are happy to underscore how delighted we are that independent booksellers throughout the country have invested in our work and make it available on their shelves. That's great. Yes, I am a big believer in independent booksellers. Support your community and, and buy through them and you know, help everyone. Now, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate life more easily and live the life we are meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. Again, Liz and Marianne, thank you so much. I so much appreciate you sharing your time with all of us. If you wouldn't mind waiting until I finish the outro, I'd like to talk to you in the green room for just a second. Is that okay? That's fine. Okay. Thank you so much. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T-Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, a lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting throughout the year, including upcoming Crystal Singing Bowl concerts. So if you're not in the area or you can't make a concert, you can order my CD, Imagine, from the site as well. And I just released a new CD. called The Healing Sounds of Christmas, and that will be available beginning October 1st. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. I got a roof off of my 
It's not a hand. 